Welcome to Simply Financial with your financial coach, Kevin Ray. In today's investing environment, there's a lot of clutter. If you're tired of the talking heads and financial noise, this is the show for you. Today, we'll help you find simple solutions to financial challenges. We'll show you how to achieve your financial goals and get answers to your toughest questions. Simply Financial with Kevin Ray starts now. Hey, welcome to another edition of Simply Financial. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you in the Tri-City area with offices in Pinconning, of course, and you can find us online at insightfolios.com. We're going to learn from Kevin's three decades of experience in the financial planning world on today's show. Can't wait to dive into everything that we have to discuss. We're going to talk about financial planning from around the world on today's show. Different countries around the world all have their own unique cultures, of course, and their own values, especially when it comes to money. We don't all view money and and have the same values when it comes to that subject all across the world. And so thought it would be fun today if we could explore some of the different countries around the world and what lessons we can learn from their approach to money and finance. Sound fun to you? Sounds fun to me. All right, very good. Let's start in Japan. Japanese households' long tradition of saving aggressively and are known for their high savings rates. What do you think about that? Well, that's, uh, you know, if did you realize that or did you know that? I did not know that they were aggressive savers. Yep. But it makes uh, sense because Japan's a, you know, prosperous economic country and that might go hand in hand with being a good saver. Yeah, so we're trying to trans, you know, translate this to what can our people do that come into my office, right? Yeah. Okay. So I've given you a really good example, Walter, of aggressive savings. I know a gentleman, I want to say his name because people probably know him, that you remember that show Grizzly Adams? You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about, yeah. He just left civilization, went out and lived in the woods and did his own thing off the grid. Well, that's what this gentleman did. Oh. But he worked. He did, He did, But he worked. But he had no electricity. He had a hand pump in his in his cabin, he lived by a creek. He, he did everything like that, and he saved a lot of money. Now that's what I call aggressive savings. And once he saved that money, then he built a house, and you know he got married, and you know, and, and now he's doing very good traveling where he wants to do. But you know, that's on the aggressive side, right? Would you call that aggressive? Sounds pretty aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> so for <laughs> at most least un- unusual, if not aggressive. It's, but, yeah. I mean, it's a great story, and he's a great guy too. But um. You know, I consider aggressive savings rate is, you know, when I'm looking at people and they come into my office, I'm like, how much are you putting away in your 401k? Because that's typically where most people are going to start. And if you're doing, if, you know, if I hear, well, I'm only doing my company's match because I don't want to walk away from that, that free money, which is a good thing, don't get me wrong, but you're not aggressively saving towards retirement. So what will, you know, if you aggressively save for retirement, what will it do? It's going to get you to retirement quicker because the more you save, the better off you're going to be. Later, uh, later on in life. So normally I'm going to say, let's at least start with 10% of your paycheck going into your 401k to get you started. And then let's put some inflation in it. In other words, let's increase it by 1% a year until you get up there and you start maxing out that uh, 401k contributions. And like I said, that do a couple of things. One, once you start doing that, you're not necessarily going to miss it out of your paycheck because remember, that's pre-tax money. They're not going to tax that money. And two, you're going to see your savings grow a whole lot faster and it's going to get you to get you to a retirement quicker. So the people who have done that 
started out saving what they could and then increase it every year. The people that come in my office have, you know, are, are far better off most of the time than people who, who started later in life. And I can give you another example. Her name was Nancy. She started with $10 every other week. And now this was back in the 40s. Okay. But every other week she started with $10 and she, she when she passed away, she had over $2 million. So that's it adds up. Wow. I can't believe that. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yep. and she increased and she increased it every week. So it's that uh, snowball effect. It just keeps rolling forward, and uh, the more you put into it, the more aggressive you get over time. The better it ends up being. So it does. Very cool. So the lesson to learn from Japan is aggressive savings, a great approach, and uh, obviously going to help any of your retirement goals and dreams. Let's look at Germany next, Kevin. Uh, most Germans are very averse to debt. They really like to avoid debt as much as possible in Germany. They prefer to pay cash. They're hesitant to buy anything on credit. So what lessons can we apply to folks closer to home? How do you advise people when it comes to debt? And uh, do you have conversations with people about what you consider good debt and bad debt, that sort of thing? We do. Um, when, you, when you mentioned the German People, my grandmother was German, and she follows right in line with us. She didn't like any debt at all. She paid cash for just about everything that she could. So when people come to my office, one of the questions we're going to ask, you know, what kind of debt are you carrying? And, you know, the good debt is going to be, is there, is, Walter, is there a thing such as good debt, do you think? I mean, yes. I mean, maybe it's there's a sliding. And no debt really sounds that great, but there's no. less damaging versions of debt, right? Yeah, when you buy a house, right? Yeah, it's you a sliding a scale. Yeah, it's a sliding scale. But what's the bad debt? So when people come in, what's and I'm looking, for, you know, I'm asking how much debt they got, and then what do you think I consider bad debt? Uh, probably credit cards, high credit cards. interest rate stuff, right? Yep. Now we've had, you know, people come in with over a hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt, over two hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt, and you and they want to sit down and they want to, you know, they start financial planning. Well, you can't because you, you we got to get rid of that debt, you know, and that's a huge. A huge wall to climb when you when you get up there that far. So, pay off your debts as you can. Pay off that credit card debt, especially because that's those things I've seen it get out of control, and then you either got to raise your four hundred one k, either got to declare bankruptcy, or something, and that's never a good thing to get into. So, when it comes to debt, when people come into retirement, I like to you know to have most people go into debt. I mean, into retirement debt free. In other words, let's pay off the house, let's pay off the cars, let's pay off whatever is going on out there. And why do I say that? Well, if you have, let's say, a thousand dollars in credit card debt going out a month or other debts, that's a thousand dollars less we got to count on. That's a thousand dollars less per month stress we got to put on your portfolio. It just works hand in hand. I am a huge believer of getting rid of most debt if we can before you're going into retirement. So we don't have those uh, issues to deal with going into retirement, maybe in the next 5, 10, 15 years in some cases. So pay off debt if you can. Great points across the board on that one, Kevin. If you've got questions about money, finance, retirement planning, Kevin's here to help on Simply Financial. He is your financial coach in the Tri-City area, office right in Pinconning. You can get in touch a couple of different ways. One easy one is to call 888 888- 885-PLAN, and just let Kevin know if you have any questions or would like to come in for a visit to review your financial plan. 888-885-PLAN, again, is that number. You can also go online to insightfolios.com and click the listen button to ask questions, listen to past episodes, and much more. That's insightfolios.com. All right, let's talk about frugality in China. 
Traditional Chinese culture values frugality and considers thriftiness a virtue. Uh, many Chinese, in fact, go to great pains to avoid unnecessary expenditures. Uh, do you see this among your clients at all, or is this something we could probably learn some lessons from? And maybe as a place to focus on, what do you see as the most uh, common unnecessary expenses that people kind of waste their money on? Well, we just talked about it, Walter. There's there's a few out there that, you know, I think are unnecessary, and that's credit card debt, you know, that interest that you have to pay, that 15, 20, 20, 30% interest. But Lynette just went into the Starbucks the other day, and she just wanted a regular coffee. I forget what something in it. And I'm not saying it's it's an unnecessary expense because, you know, she wanted a cup of coffee. In Starbucks, we're up in Mackinac City. That's really the only place we could find. I think it was $8 for a cup of coffee, Walter. Um, yeah, it's a little crazy. So if you do that every day, let's figure that out times 300 days, right? That, that, that adds up. So I'll give you a good example. My grandmother was very frugal, and she grew up on a farm. Nothing was wasted. Nothing. So so much so that when she cooked soup, I'd always look in the garbage and see what kind of meat was in there because it could be oxtail, it could be whatever was was going on because she grew up that way. So as we're getting into the next generations, you know, yeah, it's okay. It's okay to t- you know buy an eight dollar cup of coffee. I'm not saying it's not, but there's some things out there that if you're going to do that and you only drink half and you, and you and you get rid of it, or I see some people who buy lots of groceries and end up throwing them out. There's all kinds of ways you can trim when we're looking at saving for retirement. And those are just a couple that people have told me that they've done. So um, I don't know if that gets to your point, Walter, or what do you see going on out there as far as far as that goes? Yeah, I mean, I, I could certainly see that being the case. Uh, I, it's just funny that you mentioned coffee because literally just this morning I was like, you know, I kind of made the switch from, from normal coffee to lattes a while back. And what was a once-a-week treat started to become an everyday habit replacing the coffees. And I was like, dang, these things are like six bucks <laughs> yeah. compared to, I mean, $3 for a cup of coffee still sounds a bit much, but now I mean, I've doubled it every single day. So just this morning, actually, I went, I said, okay, I like that latte sort of mix. And I didn't even get all the fancy stuff, right? The the caramel macchiato, doodada kind of latte, right? But That's what Lynette gets. Now you say Yeah, it. okay, it, yeah. okay. So I'm like, I don't even need that fancy, but I just like that little bit more milk kind of taste. So I went with a cafe au lait uh, this mm. morning, which was cheaper by two, two bucks. So it's a little more than the coffee, but $2 <laughs> cheaper than the latte. I said, okay, maybe this is a good hybrid and save me a few dollars. But uh, but I know what you're saying in terms of just that like there's frugality and thriftiness and then there's you know just over the top expenditures right like maybe more vacations and living beyond your means than maybe you're you should be taking right I think one expense and we're call, let's call it unnecessary is that we're talking about that people never seem to focus on is the expenses inside your portfolio. Mm. So, you know, it's a different gonna, direction to take it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, we're talking about everyday expenses. But when people come in and I'm saying, hey, you're paying 3% in your portfolio, we can trim that by, you know, 1%, 2% or whatever it is. That adds up over time, too. So th- that expense, don't forget that one. Because most people tend not to look at that one. All they're doing is they're looking at their statement and they're seeing their management fee. They're not seeing all the other fees that come along with that. So there's lots of things that people can look at and maybe trim back on a little bit and help out. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. I think if anybody, you know, you don't may not want to live on a, uh, you know, on a, on a strict budget, but if someone just takes a little bit of time to really dig into what they're spending, it goes a long way, I think, and yes. it helps a lot. 
Yeah, I have an aunt who's really, really good at this too. And then, you know, they ended up saving quite a bit of money because she's frugal. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Now she's enjoying it. So, yeah, it's a great point. All right, let's talk about Brazil. Uh, diversification is big in Brazil. Uh, they have a history of a very volatile economy. And so Brazilians tend to invest in a wide variety of assets, both domestic and international. Seems pretty wise to certainly do that. So where do you see people concentrating too much of their wealth when they should be more diversified like the Brazilians? Two places, Walter. Um, first is the bank. You know, you, got a bu- you have a bunch of money sitting in the bank and it's not earning much. And it's just what we call lazy money. We've talked about that several yeah. times in the past, right? Lazy money equals bad. Equals bad. It's not <laughs> getting fat. It's getting skinnier, right? And the idea is to get it fatter. And then the other other thing is, is if you work for a company, now it's not so much as it used to be when I started years ago, but having a lot of money in one company stock. And this is what we're talking about, diversification. So diversification is when the market goes down because it's going to many times diversification normally, not all times, but normally will smooth that right out. So if the stocks are down, for example, maybe the bonds are up or stocks are down, maybe, you know, uh, some other factors up, whatever it is. So that's where diversification is going to come in. And number, it's going to do two things. Number one, it's going to reduce your risk that you have in your portfolio. And, and number two, it's going to give you more assets across the board. So when the market does go down, it's going to lessen that impact most of the time. Not all times, because we just seen last year, stocks were down and bonds were down. So it doesn't happen all the time. But in most cases, I think that's going to help you. In most cases, people are going to be uh, better off diversification and we're looking at income and how we pick different stocks to produce that income. We don't want to have everything in, a, in one stock you know, company, obviously, because some happens to that company is going to affect your income. So that's where I'm seeing the two places that I think the bank and then one company stock. Okay. Bank and company stock. Interesting to look at that perspective. All right. Last but not least, let's look at Italy. Family first when it comes to Italy. It's a core value of course there. Common for multiple generations to live together or at least close by. They share resources, expenses, uh, a lot of those kinds of things. How could multiple generations of American families maybe do a better job of working together when it comes to financial planning and maybe embrace a little bit of that um, Italian uh, mindset? Well, that's a really good question. We just had a couple in, I want to say yesterday or the day before, and we did some financial planning for them, and they're in very good shape, and they're enjoying the plan that we put together. And this question was, can I bring my granddaughter in? I said, of course you can. He said, what, you know, what would you do? I said, I'd do the exact same thing that I'm doing for you, except for she's got a lot more years uh, potentially that we can plan for. So, you know, that grandfather wants to bring his granddaughter in because she's saving money. It's sitting in the bank. It's not doing nothing. She's 22 years old. He wants to get her started on the journey of accumulating assets so she can retire earlier than 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 probably what she thinks. So that's n- one thing. The other thing we can do is we can communicate a whole lot better with our kids and our grandkids. You know, money typically doesn't come up um, from one generation to the next. So if you're, you know, if you have a grandfather, if you have a father, you have a mother, a grandmother, whoever it is, that, that's very successful. And you're not asking them, you're not communicating with them how they did it and what's the what's the values and the goals that they put in forth and put in place and how what type of planning going. I think you're missing a core family trait that probably could better make you better off in the long run and in the short run too. 
So those two things, Walter, I think, um, you know, get your family involved, communicate to them. So I'll give you an example, Walter. When my um, niece was born, I opened up an account for her, and it was a dividend ETF fund, and we just put $400 in there to start it. And then we told the grandparents and the and the um, you know nieces and nephews and uncles and everybody that was involved, when you want to give her money for Christmas or birthdays or whatever, if you have extra, you can put it into this account. Now she's 12 years old today. And she's already go over $20,000 in that account. Walter. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. So that's how you get these generations involved. Now, what, what did I do? Now my niece is involved in this. She likes looking at the accounts and see what's going on. So we've got her at an early age looking at statements, understanding you know companies a lot better than somebody her age now. We have her parents also looking at the statement. We have grandmothers and grandfathers and aunts and uncles. And how's, how's that account doing? So it, it's all that communication that's going on. And, and the spread from my niece, it spread to other people I've never met in the family on her side that says, how did you do that? Can we do something like that for our kids? So you got to start someplace and that's a good place to start. Man, that's great. And a fantastic way to think about things. If you want to start with Kevin a little bit more in depth about your financial plan and how to put together uh, the best financial and retirement plan possible as you move forward through life, uh, reach out and have a conversation. You can uh, embrace some of these mentalities that we've talked about from uh, the Italians and the Brazilians. And if you're in China, embracing that frugality and how the Germans avoid debt and the Japanese are aggressive savers. Uh, Boy, we just covered five examples of some of these values in other countries that are held dearly. If you embrace just those five into your financial life, uh, you're going to dramatically improve your financial situation moving forward. So pick up the phone, give Kevin a call with any questions that are on your mind about retirement. 888-885-PLAN is that number to call. That's 888-885-7526. You can also go online to insightfolios.com. But the best and easiest way to get in touch is to pick up that phone, give a call, and have a conversation with Kevin. 888-885-PLAN is the number. That's 888-885-7526. Come into the office there in Pinconning and have a good chat and get a better financial plan in place. More to come on today's show. Why does Kevin do what he does? What goes into his planning process? Why is he a financial advisor in the first place? We're going to dive under the hood on today's show to answer some of those kinds of questions and get to know Kevin a little bit better. That and more coming up on today's show, so stay tuned to Simply Financial. For all the latest news and information you need to retire successfully, visit InsightFolios.com. That's InsightFolios.com. Thanks for joining us on Simply Financial today. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you throughout the Tri-City area, based in Pinconning. You can find us online at InsightFolios.com. Kevin's the co-author of the book, Navigating through retirement has about three decades of experience in the financial planning world. Well, Kevin, something a little different for you on this segment of uh, the show today. I think it's important for people to understand your passion for what you do. If people are just regular listens to the sh- listeners to the show, I think it's helpful to get to know you a little bit better. And if anyone never thinks about coming in to meet with you, I think kind of understanding your why is important. So let's spend a couple of minutes talking about how you got started, why you're still doing it, all that sort of stuff. Sound good? Sounds fun. All right. Uh, first thing I'm, I'm curious about is influences. Uh, who were maybe the influential people in your life when you were young that shaped the way that you view money and wealth? And what lessons did they teach you? 
Well, we're going to go back to the previous segment here. My German grandmother, Walter, <laughs> her favorite saying was, my ship's going to come in one day. Nice. Always my ship's going to come in. In fact, when at her funeral, the uh, p- pastor says, Is there anything you want to be remembered? And I said, yeah. You know, so my, my grandma's ship finally came in uh, as she departed. But what, what she meant by that is she was a good saver. And I'm getting some, you know, my mom, my dad were big influences. My grandmothers were big influences. My grandfathers are big influences. Because they said, save, you know, pay cash if you can. And the lessons that it taught me, especially from my grandmother and the ship came in, well, she retired early. Um, I want to say in her mid-50s because her ship came in. She saved. She did what she had to do. She was frugal. She, she used the one that used oxtail meat sometimes in the soups. Nice. And uh, she taught me all kinds of stuff that way. And now I know, Walter, that we've talked about your grandparents before, so I know you got to have some story there, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, both of my grandparents, um, both sets of grandparents, I think, were instrumental in helping shape how I view money. I think I've talked about my uh, my mom's mom, um, and uh, we, we called her uh, Noni, which was kind of her uh, kind of spin on Italian for grandmother. But anyway, uh, Noni was just instrumental in helping teach me about money and finance. She's the one that would gift us stocks and an IRA when I graduated high school um, to get me started in saving. It was always talking to me about planning for retirement, saving money, putting it away. So she, you know, just blessed me with kind of that early mindset, kind of like you were talking about a little bit earlier, where you were yep. helping out um, someone who's already, you know, twelve in your family and, and has twenty thousand dollars saved because of that early uh, type of investment and, and mindset being built. And then my uh, my dad's parents, although less specific money conversations, definitely a lesson in hard work saving money, investing the money, and then, but they, they kind of taught me something else about money too, and that was to, mm, I don't know, this isn't maybe the most eloquent way to say this, but to enjoy it, like use it as a tool. And so they're very generous with their money to both family members and non-family members. Um, they love spreading it around, but then they also use it to go and experience life. And uh, they, they give me a real sense of adventure watching them. In fact, Kevin, they just visited me last weekend Uh, They flew all the way from Maine to Colorado to come out and visit for the weekend. I picked them up at the airport, and we went nonstop. They are 90, okay? And my grandmother wears a neck brace because she broke her neck during COVID when she tripped and fell. And they basically told her she should stay in bed the rest of her life. And she said, fooey with that, I'm going on to live my life. And she's still rocking and rolling. So here we are rolling around in the Jeep, and she's making sure that I take the top of the Jeep off (laughs) so that she can feel the wind in her hair. And we drove around the national park and saw a bunch of animals, and she's getting in and out of the car and taking pictures. And we're, like, having to hold her back. I'm like, Grandma, that's a very rocky ledge there. Let's move you away from there. And she's like, leave me alone. I'm taking this picture of this marmot, you know? God bless her. <laughs> so she's just yeah. just awesome. So not all money lessons are about the dollars and cents. Sometimes it's about the attitude toward toward those dollars and cents. Enjoying it, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. You know what my favorite saying is when people come in, Walter? What's that? Well, you know, we talk about the exact same thing you're talking about. You have to enjoy it, right? That's what you work so hard for yeah. and you sacrifice. You can't take it with you, yeah. right? Yeah, right. Whatever you don't spend, somebody else is going to. There you go. That's right. <laughs> exactly. So. so, you know, enjoy some of it, yes. It, it's a balance, right? We don't want to be willy-nilly um, no. about spending money, and, and we want to value that that tool for what it is. But at the same time, we don't want to be misers. So strike that balance, and that's a good place to be. So cool. Some of our influences when it comes to money. All right, but let's talk about how 
you specifically then end up in this financial business? Because it's one thing to be taught good financial lessons, another thing to then make a career out of it. Well, I'm going to go back. I've told this story, so I'll, I'll keep it shorter. But I used to sell night crawlers uh, on M13 by Speedway Gas Station, and I would sell them five dozen for a dollar. And I would make something. This I'm talking 1973-74. I would make somewhere around fifteen hundred dollars per year. So then I was turned on to somebody called Charles Givens, and he was all about investing in mutual funds. So that's where I started down that okay. path. Okay. Wait, wait, so. Nightcrawlers. I'm. Yes. I know nightcrawlers to be the the big fat worms. Yeah, the big fat okay. worms for fishing. Right. right? Just so making sure it wasn't some other nightcrawler I didn't yeah. know about. No, so no, you no. went from nightcrawlers to mutual funds. That's an interesting to change. mutual funds. <laughs> and, and then, <laughs> I, as I graduated from high school, I thought, you know, I talked, you know, I hurt my back, and I talked to my chiropractor at the time, and he says, you know, I think you'd be a good chiropractor. So I started down that path. I went to Delta College to start taking all the classes required for that. But when I was working uh, at a store one time, my friend kept coming in on nice days and he wore shorts. His name was Mark Bocash, and he was a financial advisor. So I started, what do you do? How do you do this? You know, how, how are you in here in the middle of the day in shorts and all these other things? And he, you know, he took me aside and he, he started talking to me. He says, I'm a financial advisor. And I said, well, you know, I don't want to sell life insurance. He goes, no, no, I do. I do mostly mutual funds. And that tripped with me. And I said, really? I've been doing that for, you know, probably 10 or 12 years by now. And a long story short is he introduced me to his boss. I started with a company called Lutheran Brotherhood 32 years ago. And um, the rest is history, as they say. So I, that's how I got into it. It was kind of, it wasn't deliberately planned. It wasn't, you know, I was going to be this when I grew up. It was, it was a, uh, as Yogi Bear calls it, there was a fork in the road and I took it. And I've been, haven't looked back since. I've really enjoyed this. This is one of my favorite things to do. I couldn't see me doing anything else in life, but that's the long story how I got into this financial business. That's great. Uh, it's funny. Uh, that was the one saying we just talked about this past weekend with my grandparents. We we're talking about taking forks in the road and well, the paths, paths at least taken, that sort of thing. And that Yogi Berra quote came up. So it was great. I love that. All right. So you kind of you, you started to answer my next question. I was going to wonder, and but maybe you've got a few other examples of uh, people in the financial industry who have been good influences on you and, and what you've learned from them. So we talked about the grandparents, but yeah, who else in the industry has then helped to kind of shape you as an advisor? over the last three decades? Well, big influences for me now, I can tell you, Paul Durso with Inside Folios. Good old Paul, um, friend of the show. Good, Paul good Durso. Old Paul, friend of the show. I mean, he he is super smart individual, and I've learned leaps and bounds uh, you know, by, on his side. In fact, I go there quite a bit. As you know, we do shows from there. Yep. Dan Caprell is another another advisor. You know, I've learned lots from Dan also um, over the years, and he's one of the guys I'm going fishing with. So um, in, in Montana, and then I met a couple of money managers, David Elger, way, way back when um, from Elger Funds, and he made a significant impact on me. And then I got to give credit to uh, a guy named Bruce. He, um, you know, took me under his wing when I left Lutheran Brotherhood. I was going to go independent because I wanted to be independent. And I went to Bath, Michigan, which is by Lansing, and I, I'd go there every other week and I'd sit with him and I'd learn and and he'd teach me things, and he taught me one thing, um, Walter, is that you got to get up in the morning, and you got to go. You got to go to the office, right? You just got to put one foot in front of the other. And the one thing he made me uh, promise was that I would help somebody else in their career path, uh, not being a financial advisor, before I retired. And I've been trying to do that 
since I've known him, uh, Bruce, and I've yet to to you know come through in that premise, and I don't know why. So if you're out there and you're listening, and you think you may want to come down this path, you know, you're an advisor, give me a call. I may be able to sit down. We may be able to do something. I may be able to fulfill that promise. I'm looking for a great mentor. You can certainly talk to Kevin. That would be fantastic. Uh, 888-885-PLAN is that number to call to get in touch with Kevin Ray and start your conversation. 888-885-7526. Interested in our conversation today, Kevin's passions and motivations. Hey, maybe it's even a youngster out there, Kevin. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting older. I'm calling people youngsters. Uh, maybe, you are. Maybe it's a youngster out there who is interested in a career or looking for something fulfilling, and they, they've somehow stumbled upon your show and didn't fall asleep as we talk about money and finance, that might be a good sign. Maybe they could uh, talk to you a little bit about a career and uh, and some help and some ideas in that fashion. So now That would be a story 30 years down the road, right? Wouldn't that be pretty cool? So I was listening to the radio show one day and... Yes. Yeah. Be instead of Kevin and Walter, it'll be Carl and Willie having a yeah, conversation yeah. thirty years from now about how they were influenced yeah. by this radio show they heard one time. And so. you're still on WSGW. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Very good. Uh, give Kevin a call if you've got questions like that. Eight 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 five plan is the number. All right. So we've learned a little bit about your influences, Kevin, both kind of personal and also in the industry as well. Let's talk about the day to day though, because not every day is amazing. Work is work. Like let's. Let's be realistic here. So I'm curious, what are maybe some of the things that frustrate you? Maybe it's something with the way you see people planning for retirement that you wish you could just wave a magic wand and fix or anything else just kind of get stuck in your craw about about what you do. Well, there's two things. And we talked about it a little bit before is I wish that younger people would get involved quicker. In other words, you know, start that saving process quicker because, you know, you have you know, if you take the rule of 72, you know, take whatever interest rates you're going to earn, divide it in 72, and that's how many years it's going to take to double. Well, a younger person's got a lot more doubles in their lifetime than, say, somebody that's 30 or 40 years old. Doesn't sound like much, but it is if you add the numbers up. So I'd like to, I'd like to get younger people started earlier. I'd like to see some sort of education going on in the classes to get them going down that path. And number two is planning. Please sit down. Please take the time to put together a good retirement plan and a good retirement plan is going to incorporate income that you're going to need. Now, Walter, I can, as soon as you said that a story came to mind and you stopped me if I told the story before, because I tell lots of stories, but I was having some health problems a few years ago and I was on a cat scan table and I'm waiting for the doctor to come in. So in other words, I'm just in the gown, I'm laying on the cat scan table, waiting for the doctor to come in and there's a nurse on either side of the of the CAT scan and they're talking and the one nurse is saying, hey, I'm going to retire. And the other nurse is talking, Oh, really? When are you going to do it? I think I'm going to do it in the next year or two. And then the other nurse says, have you talked to anybody? She says, no, I think I can do it. I'm just going to wing it. Walter, I couldn't take it. I sat, I sat up in my <laughs> gown on the, and her name is Casey. I told this story, uh, to, you know, to her coworkers. I said, please don't stop. Come and see me. We got, we don't go into retirement without that planning set in place and now she spread the word throughout you know throughout her, her friends and co-workers and they've been coming in and they all know that story now so don't go into retirement without a good solid retirement plan because you're going to have most people are going to have shortfall 
and the shortfall is the income that you're lacking from your pension and social security. And you need to figure out how your assets are going to fill that shortfall all the way through retirement until, until you leave this earth. So don't go into retirement without planning. If I can make a wave a magic wand, everybody would have a financial plan that incorporated and with education, how do you take what you've saved all your entire life and turn that to income so you don't run out of money? All you have to do if you have questions about that, it's a complex process to do it on your own, but when you have somebody guiding you, it makes the whole thing much easier. If anyone has questions about how to better prepare for retirement, all you have to do is call Kevin at 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Last but not least, Kevin, let's end on a nice positive note here as we learn a little bit more about why you do what you do as a financial advisor. What's the most gratifying thing about your job? Oh, this is easy, Walter. It's working with somebody for, you know, like you said, you always like to put the tagline on you, three plus decades, right? So I've been working with people for three plus decades, and I get to see them, you know, through the working years, into retirement years, now to the legacy years, and being a part of that, getting to know them, their family, their friends, helping them throughout the way. It's it's a, it's a not a uh, advisor-client relationship. It's a friend-friend relationship, and that's the most gratifying part about my job is when we have client events, you know, I have 140 people come, and I know everybody by name, and I can tell you a story about everybody, and they can tell you a story about me, and that's the most gratifying part of the job is always getting up in the morning, always looking forward to who am I going to see today, always looking forward to say, how can I help? And it's just, it's just what I was built for. If I, you know, I don't want to get too sappy, but it was what I was built for. And I really, really enjoy helping people get to and through retirement and then do that legacy planning because we're all going to leave this earth someday and we all want to do the best. We all want to be remembered in the best light possible. You know, there's, there's people out there who are just going to wing it and they may make out and they may and probably not going to make out. So don't do that. The most gratifying part of my job is just helping people accomplish what they've been dreaming about in their entire working career and then into their retirement career also. That's very good, Kevin. Love hearing that approach and perspective. So uh, if you want to make sure that you are best prepared for your retirement future, again, the number to call to reach Kevin and ask questions, whether they be big questions or small questions, anything about retirement, your finances, uh, anything that's bothering you that you want to get clarity on. Those are the kinds of things that should inspire you to go ahead, reach out and have a talk. 888-885-PLAN is the number to dial. That's 888-885-7526. Set up a time to meet for a one-on-one visit. Go over your financial plan. Or again, if it might just be a simple question, you may not even have to come into the office. But Kevin would love to hear from you. And if it's a good fit to go through the full planning process, you can certainly do that as well. 888-885-PLAN is the number. That's 888-885-PLAN. All right, more coming up on today's show. This is Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. Stay tuned. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Kevin Ray a little bit better on today's show from a non-financial perspective. Once a week, we do this. And my question for you this week, Kevin, is what's your least favorite chore to do around the house? Oh, we're coming up on it right now, Walter. <laughs> with fall. I hate leaves. Oh. Uh, you know, so much so that, you know, I've, I've invested thousands of dollars in stuff to try to do it quicker and more efficient. And it's it just, you know, I live on in Linwood and I live on an oak uh, ridge where oak trees are. 
and they typically don't come down till after you know thanksgiving a lot of times and i just hate those leaves now i live on the water too and so if the wind blows off the water it just blows them all back up to wherever they're at it's just i hate leaves i mm. can i can't stand doing it now you're out in Colorado now. Do you have leaves where you're at? <laughs> <laughs> not in our, not at our house now. Uh, I have not, to move next to you then. Yeah, we um, now you know back in North Carolina, I had we had about 200 trees on the property, and so the leaves were absolutely incredible. The amount that would come down, and so, but I actually loved doing the leaves. I mean, I I enjoy it. I love gassing really? up the blower. And, and blowing the leaves. It's so satisfying, I think, to have everything carpeted in those leaves and blow it all away, and now it looks really you know nice and clean and sharp. So I, I, I like doing you, the leaves. I think you need to get Connie to get a prescription for you because I know they make them for that. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Well, I, I definitely don't like weeding. I don't want to ever weed anything in my entire life. Uh, luckily Connie seems to get some sort of satisfaction out of pulling up weeds. So she's the weeder in the family. She's the weeder and you're the leaf blower, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> great combination. Yeah. I don't know. In terms of like in the house chores, I don't really like folding laundry. No, no, no. I take that back. I don't mind the folding part. I don't like putting it away. I'm real bad about just leaving everything and living out of hampers and, or leaving it just sitting on top of the washer and dryer. I'm really bad about putting things away in drawers and hanging them back up. Just hate it. It's a waste of time. I hate it. It's no fun. Yeah, that's my least favorite chore. Putting clothes away. Yeah, uh, that that that's not too fun for me. You know, the same reasons, Walter, because I know I'm going to take it out tomorrow. But yeah, yeah I'm yeah. going through all this hassle to tuck yeah. everything away, only to open the drawer and take it right back out the next yeah. day and mess it up. Yeah. It's just not satisfying to me. <laughs> not satisfying. It looks all nice and organized and clean in the hamper. Why do I want to take it out of there and then hang it up and go through all that rigmarole? That's just my I- opinion. I get it. I get it. I'm right there with you. First world problems, though, for sure. (laughs) Yes. All right. There you go. Getting to know Kevin Ray a little bit better on today's show. Let's get uh, back to the financial talk. We'll do that next with a question from one of our listeners. Stay tuned. What's that old naval acronym? Keep it simple, stupid. That's the one. Keep listening to Simply Financial. Discover a simpler approach to investing. Time to answer a listener question as we open up the mailbag before things close out on this week's edition of Simply Financial. You can submit questions by uh, emailing Kevin, kevin at insightfolios.com. Again, kevin at insightfolios.com. Judy says, I'm 60 years old. My mom is 93, not in great health. My plan is to stay here close to her until she's gone and then move out of state. The problem is that I hate my job and would like to retire but don't feel that I have enough uh, have the money to do so at this time. Would it be unwise to quit now and start withdrawing from my 401k with the knowledge that I'll be getting an inheritance from my mom eventually? Well, Judy, we kind of talked about this earlier, didn't we, Walter? About bit, family, yeah. self, family selfing. But yes, it would be unwise to do that without going into this with some sort of plan. You said your mom is not in great health. If, God forbid, if she goes to a nursing home, they're going to come after that wealth, and it could it could be a very short time before they spend that wealth because it's ninety to one hundred thousand dollars per year just for that care. So yes, uh, Judy, start to plan. You, you may be in a situation. I would say nine times out of ten, Walter, when people come in my office, they don't think they're there. They're there. They're really really close to being there. You're guessing right now, Judy. You're hoping. We talked about that earlier too. Don't hope. Don't guess. 
Come in and let's solve that. Let's let's give you a definite answer, whether it makes sense or not. Don't go in it half-baked or don't go in it thinking you'll be okay. Going Go into retirement knowing you'll be okay, and you will, you will thank yourself down the road. So your older self will thank your younger self for taking that step of starting, sitting down with an advisor, putting together that plan, and incorporate income into that plan, Judy. Don't go, don't go down that road until you do that. Great point, Kevin. Absolutely. And uh, really good question, Judy. Thanks for sending that one in to us. If you have questions and want to get them answered, talk to Kevin Ray about your financial life and your plans ahead. All you have to do is pick up the phone and give Kevin a call at 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Have a conversation about your financial plans for the future, how to better prepare for retirement, and more. 888-885-PLAN. There's no cost to come in or pick up the phone and have a conversation about your financial life. Uh, Just make sure that you are making the proper steps and not guessing with your financial plan. That's so important. 888-885-PLAN is the number. That's 888-885-7526. Kevin, thanks for all the help on the show today. Really enjoyed it and looking forward to catching up with you again soon. Enjoy the fall. All right, you as well. That's Kevin Ray and Walter Storholt. We'll see everybody soon right back here on Simply Financial. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through individually licensed and appointed agents in various jurisdictions. Insight Folios, Inc. does not offer legal or tax advice. Kevin Ray is an investment advisor representative of Insight Folios, Inc.